0: What
1: are you planting at the moment, anyway?
0: Um, just these two little plants here. One, they're both um, ground cover uh, dwarf plants. To hopefully to cascade over the edge of the rocks. yeah um, And so the idea of designing this garden as you put the bigger plants up in the middle and then the medium-sized ones on the on in the sort of foreground and then ground cover ones cascading over the rocks so that you get this vista looking moving up looking at the plants. Nice. This one's only new so it's gonna take a year or so to, uh, to grow up. Um, one of the things we tried to do when building this garden was to uh, a mixture of flowering seasons in, so there's always some colour in the garden, but also some different textures and colours in the greens, the leaves varying from sort of bright green through to grey colours. Um, So there's always a a mixture of colour and texture no matter what the season. One of the advantages we have in Australia about seasons is we never have snow, uh, certainly down here, so you don't have to worry about um, cold-tolerant plants. Um, but the counter-side of that is the oceans, 400 metres that way. So we get a lot of sea, uh, air and salt. So you have to have plants that are salt tolerant. And the other thing I try and do is find plants that are uh, water uh, tolerant so that they can put up with a lot of water if it rains heavily, but also uh, doesn't matter if it doesn't rain for a month. Um, You don't need to keep watering to keep them up. Sometimes you have some successes, sometimes you have some failures. Um, The failures you just replace with something different. Um, It's always a challenge to find the best sort of plants for an area. We try and use some that are indigenous to this specific area because obviously they're going to be used to the soil and the climate. Um, But with artificial garden beds like this that are built up with a mixture of topsoil that's brought in and the existing soil, you can never exactly tell with the soil chemistry uh, what's going to go. So it's a bit hit and miss, you try uh, to start with, but uh, just try and, and get it right in the long term by replacing things that don't work with things that do.
1: So what have you got in here at the moment that you can at least remember you've put in here and um, um, can tell us why? Or... Yeah,
0: so there's, there's a variety of things from um, kangaroo paws. These aren't flowering at the moment. These but, ones uh, at the bottom. Yeah, but we can show you some out the front that are flowering. Um, through to these, these little lilies that have these long flower stalks and they last quite a long time when they're flowering. Um, through to some other things like uh, some of these daisy bushes that flower for about six months of the year and they grow really quickly but also some native grasses Um, those grasses um, attract different sorts of of birds and butterflies and things from the the normal flowering plants. I tried to put a couple of trees, feature trees in Um, this eucalypt here will grow to about three or four meters tall not very tall but uh, tall enough to provide a little bit of shade from the western side which is over here um, and also uh, to attract some birds in um, when it starts flowering. Uh, it'll probably be two years or three years by the time it gets large enough to start flowering, uh, but then we can put a bird bath and so on in here um, as long as there's a bit of protection for the birds um, so that the cats, local cats, aren't going to get them. Um, and the rest of it is just made up of some um, local and Australian natives, um, corriers, um some acacias, uh, banksias um you know classic australian plant names um just to uh, sort of fill up the uh, the rest of the environment here
1: so do you find that the native plants make a big big difference for bringing in native animals
0: uh yeah they do um there are certainly some uh, non-native plants that will bring in birds and uh, insects um because they, they flower um, with a lot of nectar in them but often they're short flowering seasons and so if something's only flowering for a few days or a few weeks, it's not much use to for a long-term effect um, so for attracting animals in. Um, so we try and use some of the plants that are going to fl- have long flowering seasons but as I said earlier, also interspersed plants that have different flowering seasons. So hopefully when this is a mature garden there'll always be something flowering here to attract different birds, um, insects uh, in and we also have these rockeries are also a great place for uh, you know, spiders and lizards and things which are, uh, uh, are also additional food. Um, a lot of the uh, the birds we have around here are honey eaters so they are attracted to the, uh, the nectar but most of them will also grab insects. Um, some of them are the small animals like small lizards and things. Not that I'm particularly uh, wanting the lizards to get eaten because they're really lovely to have around as well. Um, And if you get water, permanent water in, and uh, we're looking at some ways of putting that in, uh, then you can attract frogs in as well. So uh, you can get a variety of wildlife in a garden uh, by putting the right environment there.
1: So what are you specifically trying to get into? Are there any birds that you're targeting that you want to definitely come in?
0: Honey eaters and parrots mostly, Uh, this big eucalypt. Here behind us, um, that's a Western Australian, it's not an indigenous eucalypt, it's a Western Australian eucalypt but it has very large bright yellow flowers um, that attract the parrots in um, when um, particularly lorikeets that are, um, that are nectar feeders um, but also um, rosellas that are seed eaters um, once the, uh, the seeds start to be created so uh, the same thing with this uh, peppermint over here um, just trying to uh, to get a mixture of plants that will bring in particularly parrots and honey eaters because they're uh, They're pretty they're noisy, so uh, it's good to have them around um, But we also have some non-indigenous birds. I don't particularly want to attract them, but uh, again they uh, uh, they're good for the garden as well um, if you have a look it might be hard to tell with the shading here but there's all these little deep patches around here they're blackbirds European, European blackbirds that are digging up in the garden looking for grubs and snails and things um, so they turn the ground over which is a pain when you're trying to grow um, small plants um, but uh, later on uh, the more activity you get in the soil uh, the better.
1: Awesome What's the thing to your uh, left, Dad? Talk about that and why it's Australian.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, oh, the deck out the front of the house. <laughs> um, yeah, wooden deck, We've as you can see by the shiny and sort of wet look on it, just oiled it yesterday. Uh, so every year or so you've got to put more oil into it to uh, to keep the timber in good condition. Uh, so the barricades up here are to uh, prevent people from walking straight up onto it, into the front door. Um, one of the challenges when you've got one at your front door is uh, how you, uh, leave it locked off for 48 hours uh, before it dries
1: So why is it such an Australian thing too, the deck?
0: Um, (coughs) I think a lot of uh, original colonial Australian houses were built with verandas over them and decks around the house Um, a lot of that before the days of air conditioning uh, people used to build (coughs) so that you can open up windows of any side of the house and have shade um, with cool air coming through the house um, when you, uh, and particularly in the evening as it starts to cool off, um, so uh, uh, people have just had this tradition of building uh, decks around their house. We've only got a very little veranda here; it's really just an eave overhang. Uh, we don't really have room, um, and with a, a low roof, uh, it would be uh, quite a low uh, veranda if we had it on. I did want to show you these kangaroo paws quickly the small plants that we had around the side haven't started to flower yet but uh, this is what they look like get them in a variety of colors the original um, natural uh, native plants were yellow and red and green uh, but there's now a whole lot of varieties that have been bred up that uh, Pete if you come in closer you'll be able to see the, the kangaroo paw is named for these little flower heads that are uh, have had this sort of hand going out, just like a little kangaroo paw if you've seen kangaroos they uh, they sit with their paws like this and uh, people thought that's what the uh, the flower heads looked like on these
1: awesome so can you tell us anything else about the other plants that you've got here in the front yard, um, then?
0: look banksia here and um, this one's called banksia roba um, obviously it's a small plant it grows to about two or three meters tall and quite wide um, the idea with this one was to put a plant in here to uh, to block off a little bit of the street view We didn't want to have a fence coming all the way down the side here And blocking us off completely uh, But that grows up and uh, has very large flowers about 20 centimetres high And they start off a dark deep greeny blue colour And then go brown and yellow uh, when they uh, they open up So quite beautiful plants um, The rest of them again are uh, just a mixture of of plants with uh, flowers all through the season and some small everlasting daisies uh, that are really varietals, they're, um, they're originally been bred from some native plants but they're called everlastings because the flowers can last for months um, and if you also if you cut them um, and dry them out they'll last for years um, in uh, you know, flower decorations and so on because they're almost like a paper uh, rather than the soft petals that you get. Um, Other things we've tried to do again are different textures, different colours, you can see the greys, the lime greens, the dark greens and so on in here Um, and some more different sort of grasses, um, particularly these uh, wallaby grasses in here that um, while they look dead over summer So um, they're these these little ones? This little one here, here, yeah, it looks sort of dead over summer but uh, those seed heads Um, will sit there for a few months they'll eventually fall off and then as soon as the rain starts again in autumn the the plant the grass will start to green up again and then reflower the next spring so they're a a perennial plant um, that looks like an annual uh, but they keep coming back These grasses are stiper. Um, the, uh, they grow on dunes and the, um, the sort of secondary dune um, at, the, at the back of the, the dunes of the beach. Uh, but they're also good garden plants. But of course, being dune plants, they're very salt tolerant. They grow really quickly um, and they provide this beautiful feathery um, uh, seeding. We are here